has to feel sleek. It's part of the experience that you yes. don't feel like you have goggles on, that they sit close to your face, that it's not some bulky thing that is on your head that weighs a lot or um, construct like, a, what can you say, obstruct your vision or something like that. It has to feel like it's not there. Welcome to Social Kick. I'm Brian Lundquist, joined by Luke Paddington and from the Magic 5 Swim Goggles, Nicholas Hedegaard. Nicholas, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much. Nice to be here. Well, it's so interesting to see a new player like Magic 5 come into the sport. Uh, before we get into sort of innovation and swimming and technology and and all of that. Um, tell us a bit about the your background, the story. You you know, it's a company founded by swimmers. Tell us about your swimming experience and how you ended up founding a startup company that's you know mm -hmm. growing and bringing innovation to swimming. An important part of that is that I, I used to swim a lot, a lot more than I do now. Um, I I competed twice at the European Championships uh, in 2013 and 2017. Um, so I have a pretty significant swimming background, you could say. Um, and I guess the way that you come into something like this uh, often has happened chance. I, I didn't set out when I was swimming um, saying, okay, I also want to create technology and uh, create products for swimming. It sort of happened. Um, I met up with a guy at university uh, that was doing triathlons and he sort of saw an issue with the goggles, uh, something that people that swim a lot more than he did, me, uh, probably wasn't aware of because um, you kind of get used to the products that you're using and it takes a special mindset to sort of stop up and say, I can do that better. Uh, this is different and we should do something about that. So he approached me and was like, we should do something about swimming goggles, don't you think? And I thought, hmm, maybe there's something that it could be done. And yeah, then we started figuring out how to make swimming goggles. Luke and I were chatting before the show about innovation and in sport and especially in, in your space. And it, it's so interesting to me to bring innovation to goggles because, I mean, if, if you've got a different moment in time, please tell me. But I believe that the biggest innovation in goggles was goggles. Right. The fact that they even existed to begin with was the innovation. And since then, there's been, you know, a micro improvements maybe. But um, but there's a lot of people that are really tied to, you know, the goggles. And I, I think that while there have been new products to come about, there's not been innovation in the way that it seems like you all are bringing innovation to, to goggles. So why, why goggles and, and how, did, how did you see that as a business opportunity where you can build you know, a brand and a product and a company? Great question. First off, I wanna go off the little tangent that you mentioned. I urge everyone that listens to search Google um, first swimming goggles ever, or first swimming goggles made. It's a funny picture that comes up. They definitely look a little bit different than they did today, but also not much has changed. Okay. Uh, so okay. do that, that's a little cliffhanger. Um, but uh, so why swimming goggles? Um, it's it's funny that you mention it. It's, uh, I guess there are different ways to attack that question. Um, a lot of the other companies uh, that are on the market, they see swimming goggles mostly as an accessory, right? They have all, they're focusing a lot more of their branding, uh, their stuff on on the suits, the clothing that they do, um, the equipment that they, they do outside the goggles. And goggles is sort of a thing that you add to the cart before you check out or something that you, you take with you when you're down shopping. So it's, it's an afterthought. Um, that doesn't really, um, um, sort of uh, lent itself to be a nice environment to to put a lot of R&D into. 
but I think that uh, uh, early on we we went out and we asked I think 500 people or so uh, from different different areas of the swimming uh, environment and asked them so um, what do you think about your goggles? Can you recommend them to your friends and family? And most of them couldn't, and it was mostly because of the fit. I remember being close to 90% or so said that they have had issues with the fit of the goggles that they've been using. Um, and we're sitting here on, on an idea in the beginning. Um, it was very much just an idea. We didn't know anything about how to make swimming goggles. Uh, I never made a single pair myself. I don't know if you have. So it's a, if you go from an idea and, and it takes a while uh, and you just gotta, um, you gotta really believe that you can um, come up with something that is different than what, what is what else is out there? If you just kind of come up with a different brand, it got to be a really good brand to cut through the noise. And um, luckily, we it's not just a brand for us; it was also a different approach to the to the product uh, that could set us apart. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're trying to go out and actually um, ask of people that they request a little bit more of the swimming goggles, that they can do a little bit more than just be that afterthought that you put in the. Uh, in the cart on your way out the store sort of it's a brave market to get into because it's such a saturated market and of course mm -hmm. you said we all have um our dedication to the goggles um um and and in the view of innovation it's you know price points the reason i chose my goggles when i swam is because these things when i swam were yep. five dollars mm -hmm. you know but yes every what burn every month two months they melted and you have to get new ones right or in foam, but we went on it in college because this is the price point. And yeah, the only but I would never recommend these to other people because they didn't fit well, like you said. Um, so I thought I was very brave of you. What 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 made you feel that you could build a business plan off this simply based on mm. and, and and sell it? How could you convince the market to to get into that? It was quite a, a brave leap to jump into. It, I think. Mm. Yeah. First off, there's a there's a big part of motivation for us that the. That there are so many people around the world that swim it's a huge market mm -hmm. um much more than when when we get involved in, in competitive swimming we tend to focus on people that swim competitively that's our world and that's a, that's a very very small part of the people that swim um, it's actually the uh, the second most um how do you say pursued sport uh, after running um so it's bigger than any other sport that you can imagine in terms of physical activity. So there's about, I think, 30 million Americans that swim regularly. So wow. that's a sizable amount. That's just in America. And in most Western countries, it's about 10% of the population. So, and they all need goggles, right? It's a, you, you need goggles in a swimsuit, then you get to go. You definitely need goggles, right? So um, it, that's sort of the opportunities out there. Okay. Um, and then uh, after you you set yourself on that, uh, then you, yes, you said it correctly. People, at least competitive swimmers, were used to paying five dollars for for a pair of suites. Um, how do you compete with that when you come out and you ask right. a much higher price point? Uh, it comes down to putting that much more value into the product, and maybe not going after the competitive swimmers necessarily first if you're trying to build a business, right? Um, as I said, it's a small amount of people that actually swim competitively and a much bigger amount of people that swim recreationally or for triathlon or for um, fitness purpose or whatever that might be. So there's uh, tons of reasons why people swim and yeah, you got to add more value 
to their swimming. And it depends on um, what what sort of their reason for going to the pool is, then you can try to add value to that reason with the goggles. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. One of the one of the things that I've noticed as a, a, a pool swimmer, sprinter turned competitive triathlete is that the application that I'm looking for in a goggle is different. And mm. in the pool, even though before we talk before we started recording, I was talking about my allegiance to a goggle that, you know, I've worn for many years that was really helpful for me in the pool. But that said, I often stop in the pool and rinse my goggles out. And in some right. cases, if I do longer swims. They give me headaches if I leave my goggles on for 10 minutes, 15 minutes at a time, and I need to stop and, and rinse them out. Um, and so what I'm looking for in a goggle, uh, to your point, is is different now and, and may change. And starting at the root of that makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm curious for if you could just go through for people that aren't familiar, because mm -hmm. I think like Luke and I are coming out at, at this conversation, both as competitive swimmers, some of our audience are competitive swimmers. But to your point, and like we said, I'm here in Kona at the World Championships for triathlon. Triathletes often come to swimming last. It's it's the the least, uh, you know, a familiar sport for many of them. And they don't know the equipment space very well and yet are very tech savvy and innovation savvy for uh, their bike and, and running equipment, um, but maybe not so familiar with what to do selection wise within the swimming space. And so um, if you could just how does the business work? What, well, uh, you know, because you've got some key differentiators that are very mm. different from other swimming brands, besides just being a goggle forward brand. Um, how does it work? What's the value proposition? Right. So um, you can start with what our goggles is not. Every other goggle that you have tried um, is a one size fits all goggle. It's produced, it's mass produced. It's uh, they spit them out every second and it just, they zip it out to you and you you kind of bet on that it's going to fit you. And at the end of the day, um, I was a competitive swimmer. I spent so much money on different goggles, uh, trying to get them to 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 find a pair that fit me. I've tried, I don't want to mention any brands, um, can't do that anymore. But uh, it's uh, I tried a lot of them and I'll see my teammates swim with different goggles. Uh, they look cool. I'm going to try that, find out does work for me. Um, so that's really the thing that we're trying to um, to, to fix for people and the way that it works. I'll explain that now. Uh, you download our app. You can also start on the website, but it, essentially it involves downloading an app at some point during the purchasing process. You have to scan your face. So this is my phone. I'll try not to make a big shadow in front of my face, but you sort of scan your face. It takes 10 seconds if you have a newer phone. And we basically map out the contours of your eye socket. Uh, so we'll know the depths, the lengths, everything. Uh, around it and we send that data uh, to our server and we have an algorithm that sort of uh, uh, takes uh, if you have your eye socket over here on one side and you have the goggle on the other side it sort of tries to position the goggle on your face trying to find the optimal optimal fit according to some uh, parameters um, that is that is basically our secret sauce uh, you could say and then it spits out a data set that it is being sent to a robot and the robot attacks a pair of goggles and customizes it so that it fits uh, that user that scanned themselves. Then we package it, send it off to the end consumer. So it's a, uh, yeah, that's the process and uh, explained <laughs> very short amount of time. And it is obviously a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes. Um, 
That's what I read when I bought your goggles three years ago. But since then, there are a lot more value adds that you guys did to it. First of all, the, when I wear it, people say, wow, those are cool because they're mm. cool looking. So you put design into it. Um, absolutely. Which is and helpful I, for Luke because he's not very cool. So <laughs> that he can have to differentiate himself is great. So well done. <laughs> well, first of all, I want to do a little product boating because I, I think it's good. But it came in It came in this this container. Where's my camera? There, there, which is, you know, it's nice. Goggles don't come in these cases. I still have this three years later. And it comes in here. These are the goggles. Three years later, rubbers still intact, which is huge for me. And I, I used to swim before I moved there every single day, nonstop. Um, so yes, perfect fit, comfort, but with that comes not having, as Brian said, headaches. I, my, 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 my straps are super loose on my head, really, really loose. So I don't have to worry about it. Uh, um, um, and, and, but what, as a swimmer, you don't realize when you have it, A, you don't get raccoonized, but when you put it on, it's such a low profile without touching my eyelashes and you get really good peripheral vision, which is important to me um, when, I, when I'm swimming. Because a lot of goggles can be like this, right? Especially just the ones I showed earlier. So th those are the things I discovered upon putting them on, and I still wear them. And, they're, I, they're, and you know, I literally could, they're so loose. I can almost have them on my face without straps, which is nice. Mm. So um, Wouldn't did recommend you plan it. all of these things out besides the comfort fit? Yeah. Uh, sure, yes. Uh, to answer the question very short, yes. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's why I was part of the team early on, not only for the technology. That sort of came later, right? Mm. First, we just, they just, uh, Rasmus is my co-founder friend. He came to me, as I said earlier, and, and was like, we need to do something about goggles. Him being a triathlete, a very novice swimmer. Um, he coached himself to do his first Ironman and did okay at that. But it's uh, uh, bringing someone in like me that actually had worn tons of goggles. I remember very vividly in the beginning that I had a lot of uh, ideas about the low profileness of the goggle. I didn't want a goggle that was more like a mask type goggle, fit your right. face, something like that. It has to feel sleek. It's part of the experience that you yes. don't feel like you have goggles on, that they sit close to your face, that it's not some bulky thing that is on your head that weighs a lot or um, construct like a, what can you say, obstruct your vision or something like that. It has to feel like it's not there. That was essentially my goal for the goggles. Agreed. Make them feel like you're not even wearing them, but it's just an accessory that looks cool, but you don't feel like it's uh, it's annoying you in any way, whether that is the comfort or the, the sort of division field or anything like that, or the drag or whatever, right? Um, that was basically the vision. And yeah, we, we landed on a, a goggle that has some uh, pretty unique ankles. And luckily for us, that's also one of the main ways to sort of like differentiate the brand. Mm -hmm. um, I know, Brian, you mentioned to me uh, before the before the, the call here that uh, you were wearing the Swedish uh, goggles from Arena. And that's actually, I think the only other goggle uh, that I remember that has sort of uh, an angular uh, lens. Yeah, it on. started with the Speedo Hydra line, which I think they've discontinued. And so uh, we were working with, uh, Cesar Cielo was working with Arena at the time right. and we had to custom make because he was all about the Speedo Hydra lines, but sponsored by Arena. So we're like, how do we get field of vision, but also the comfort of uh, like a, a Swedish goggle that's got a rubber gasket on it. And that was kind of the impetus for it. But now, now you have field division with like increased comfort above that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I really believe in that angular glass. It's something when you're trying to sell this to a novice swimmer, someone that's just starting, they look at it and be like, why is there an angle on the glass? And then you sort of get the opportunity to explain why you want the head position to be like, it has to be in freestyle and all that jazz. Right. But mm -hmm. um, 
I I think to me it was it was something that I personally responded to. I felt like that was a, a good design uh, of a pair of swimming goggles, and then you sort of got to believe it. Uh, you, you you pick something and you can't really change it every every so often uh, if you're trying to build a brand. So um, I'm pretty confident that we that we found a good design on the lens itself. Um, but as I said before, it's not really the uh, the sort of an add-on to the to the main part of the of the, the goggles. The the real sort of differentiator is uh, is really the the gasket piece, yeah. uh, that rubber piece that touches the face. Right, that's the <clears throat> that's the main differentiator. That's the one that mirrors your eye socket. We, we we had Katie Hoff on and we teased her because Katie Hoff was famous for behind the blocks. What did she do? Yeah, squish All the time. Because that's the number one thing that we care about as soon as the end of the day. These things are so tight and we put it under all our things. They don't fall off. Um, and so, so you know, that's why goggles are also so sacred because like you, it's like superstition, right? Mm. They're not going to fall off when you dive in. And, and besides all what we talked about, um, and so, and I have started to see some some world class elite swimmers race um, at at the fastest events. And you want to talk about that? The uptake of 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 you know, and the security they've been providing for the, the top swimmers in the world now, Olympic silver medalists, for instance. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, we're working currently with uh, with Kasia Wasik. She she won the, the silver medal at the championships earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, really fast in a 50 freestyle. Um, so that's really as fast as you go, right? As you said. And um, one thing to, that I that I, I used to to wear these obviously as well uh, when I was swimming competitively mm-hmm. um, towards the end of my career at least. And uh, one thing I still sort of had that with me that uh, you need to have them super tight, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want them to fall off. So it was most that mostly for me it was sort of a uh, what can you say? Um, a ritual to sort of yeah. tighten a little bit extra at the call room. Okay, this is my training goggles. Now it's time for racing. So we do that yeah. and then we put them on. But the, but yeah, the goal is really that they shouldn't be uh, worn so tight. I think the most, uh, something that a lot of competitive swimmers don't think about is uh, the amount of time you spend training versus racing, right? Yeah. You spend most of your time racing. So it's about making that time as enjoyable as possible. Um, if you sacrifice on the comfort during your practice, you can always make it less comfortable for racing. That's that's your prerogative. You can always do that. That's easy. Just tighten it a bit more. But it's about making uh, the training sessions as comfortable as possible. Mm. Um, I wonder, yeah. Go ahead. I, I said the reason I was excited to, to, to speak to you. Yeah, I love the goggles, yes. But primarily because we, we, we try here to grow our sport and, and to show and to show, we love our sport. We want to grow it. And, and have people have careers beyond actual being in the water. And people think, okay, well, I'll coach or do clinics. or And you, yeah. you're providing opportunities to grow our business. And you have, not only with yourself, are you innovating, you're innovating our sport, you're innovating yourself to be in a sport. And also you have some people like Matt Grievers involved as investors. Mm-hmm. So talk about that, about growing the business of swimming and having a career in swimming that's not traditional, you know, um, that we think of after you retire. I think that's important. Great question. It really warms my heart that you asked a question like that. I uh, I love swimming. I've always done it. Uh, I'm not one of those people that after you you've had your last race and your last practice, you're completely done with uh, with swimming forever. I think that's really sad when that happens. Um, and my swimmer heart bleeds and goes out to all those people that experience that. Uh, that's unfair. 
but um, if you can bear to stay in swimming, there's tons of ways uh, to do it. Mine is one of them, and it's definitely different than, than what most people are doing. I'm really fortunate to to sort of see swimming from um, a different side now, um, being... I'm, I'm sort of on the brand side now, right? I had to go out and make uh, contracts with athletes and try to sponsor yeah. different stuff. And and uh, before I was on the opposite end of that, trying to grab all the money I could, right? That was sort of, yeah, a, that was what I was trying to do. And I think I've learned a lot of valuable lessons um, being on this side now. I see our sport in a different light. Uh, I can't help but compare it in, in some sense to, to triathlon. Now, Brian, did you are in... Um, down with you in Kona. I think that uh, in some ways, swimming, uh, at least for my part, I wouldn't like to be compared too much to triathletes. I think there's some beef going on there, but <laughs> they have something done right in terms of um, of the sport and the marketing of the sport. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a lot of stuff to learn there. I think if you're sitting out there and you're a swimmer and you're into marketing, you're into, um, yeah, you have business uh, acumen or something of some sort, there's tons of stuff to do in this sport. Um, and, uh, yeah, we just, we just a lot of steps behind other sports, such as even triathlon, um, mm-hmm. I must say, um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think one, <clears throat> do you feel like your company is a tech company or is it a product company? Uh, because I, I can't think of any other swimming company that's whose technology and sort of differentiator is the customization that's made available through, um, you know, the, through, through, through the facial scan and that software, as well as the engineering that you put into that. Um, yeah. What do you, how do you, how do you think about that? And um, how does, how does that manifest in like the day-to-day operations of the company? Mm. Oh, that's a good question. Uh, so I think early on, we, uh, you, you always have to focus on the task that's right in front of you and that is selling a lot of swimming goggles. That is that is how it's going to be when you're a startup, you're a small company. Um, that has to be the main task for you most of the time. But I think already the first year, um, us as founders, we were pretty set on not only making swimming goggles forever, uh, we're trying to set up a, a sort of a, um, a pipeline that can accumulate, accumulate more products than just one. Um, and uh, last year we went on Shark Tank um, and that was a first time that we sort of said that publicly to the world. If you watch that show, uh, we kind of, uh, we got a deal there, which we were very happy about. And uh, one of the promises that we came there with is that, hey, we, we, we are actually a robotics company that creates swimming goggles right now, but oh. we could potentially make other products as well with the technology and the understanding that we have of how to work with customization of products. Um, it's not a one-to-one. It's not like you can just tell the robot, uh, okay, now I'll go over and produce shoes or whatever it might be. But the, uh, the technology and the understanding of how to work with um, data inputs and outputs can be transferred in a lot of ways. So do you see the future of the company continuing in the swimming space or beyond the swimming space? Um, I would rather say beyond the swimming space than more inside swimming space. I think there's still a, a ways to go before people are ready to scan themselves without clothes on to get a pair of swimsuits that fit. Uh, so <laughs> so uh, until we cross that bridge, I think uh, it makes a lot of sense to 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 look elsewhere for products that are in dire need of customization. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And if you guys have any, uh, then uh, then let me know if there's anything that you feel like swim uh, cats. should be custom. It's a big thing with swim caps, especially for um, for black swimmers who have who have different hairs that that fit. You know, they're trying to do different caps, but yeah, the difference of caps are important. I have a huge head, you know, mm. like for instance, and things like that. And we always wear this helmet caps, right? And that's that can be customized nicely. Mm. It definitely can. Um, it is one thing that is uh, that we are looking into slightly. Mm -hmm. um, it's a it's not a uh, it's not so far away for us to make swim caps, obviously, and it's the same audience that we're currently targeting. So it makes a lot of sense yeah, yeah, of to course. do that. What I'm what I'm actually curious about is uh, there's a lot of give in swimming in swim caps, right? There's a lot of yeah. forgiveness. Um, so maybe you don't you don't need um, to hundred percent customize a swim cap to make it fit a lot better than the ones that are there now. Maybe you just need uh, to help people pick the right one, right? That's right. Um, I don't know what you think about that. Well, yeah, I, I think that it's all about marginal gains at the highest level, right? And so, you know, there's, I think there's a difference between uh, what the application is for the majority of the, of the public who are just going to enjoy swimming mm -hmm. and be comfortable in the water, which I think you've nailed with the goggles, or at least I say this not having actually worn them, but Luke's myself. So I look forward to trying a pair of <laughs> my face what i understand about the value proposition it sounds like um you're you're offering you know a different level of comfort which is making the sport more accessible to to a larger population not just like the people who are savvy goggle or equipment users who may be okay with living a life of you know a foggy uh you know lens of, of the world and and a bit of and deal with a bit of discomfort that's not the normal person so i think that while they're there may be opportunity for marginal gains at the highest level to reduce ripple and, you know, have a customized fit for each head shape. That's totally still a thing for sure. Nobody, mm. nobody has gotten that right. Um, are, are the caps better now at the highest level? Yes, but there's, there's every athlete at the Olympic games, you still finish. Caleb Dressel is still finishing wearing, wearing yeah, his old cap with ripples up. on the top, like for sure that's there. How much gain is there in within that as far as drag goes? I don't know. But I think for me, it's more about like the the epicenter of like where where it sounds like your company was was targeting was the the, the bigger population. Um, and how can we make uh, how do we make them feel more comfortable in the water, more confident in the water um, and, and and also stylish in the water? Uh, and all those things and then and then have them take off and I so uh, I don't know I mean yeah maybe uh, but <clears throat> I think it, it, it's also possible that there's there's more comfort with other swimming equipment too like I the, my first thing comes to feet because I've mm -hmm. as a cyclist I've always had issues with like pressure on the feet comfort in the saddle um, and so w whether that means, you know, is in your future for swimming there, you don't have those contact points in the pool. Um, but, but there may be other things that swimmers who are either new to the sport or aren't, um, you know, the, the, the lifelong, um, you know, enthusiast who, uh, have some other data points or pieces of feedback that they can give you that say, um, this is this is what maybe keeps them from enjoying swimming all that much because like again to bring it back to triathletes most triathletes loathe the swimming part of their training to me the question is why and a lot of it is 
you know, um, a, a discomfort with the training, the breathing, the, you know, so it's like, okay, well, how do we make breathing more comfortable? How do we make, you know, the, the slog of being in the water more fun? <laughs> so, um, anyway, I digress, but no i i agree it's a we, our company is pretty much about making a better swimming experience as i said in the beginning and it's a um it, i know it means something else for a competitive swimmer i was one i i know that for me i would probably pay a lot more to get a cap that wouldn't ripple um but um um it then we really have to to say to ourselves okay we are only a swimming goggle or we are swimming company swimming brand right we got to make tons more SKUs, tons of other items that uh, are swimming related. Um, and I don't see that being where the value prop for our company really is. Um, we might do some things because it's uh, it's easier for us. Uh, I think a cap, when we've made one cap, it's easier to make uh, more caps and dive into uh, race caps as well. That will be easier. Um, it will be easier to, so it's, it's more, I, I think about the technology in terms of, understanding different body parts uh, right now we understand what goes on around your eye socket very well right we understand a lot of different things about different people what is what are things that are similar and dissimilar between people um stuff like that uh, we'll get to know that about uh, the heads the head sizes of people um then there'll be tons of products that we can make within that category that uses the head circumference or shape or something uh, for the product um and you talked about feet, that's a different body part. So you would need to <clears throat> capture data around feet and learn how to understand that data and measure it and produce an output out of that. Um, and then you can, as soon as you've done it for one product, you can do it with more products that are surrounding or using feet as input, if that makes sense. So why do I get headaches when I wear my goggles for 10 minutes? Is it because of pressure on the top side of the eye socket? What's happening? Do you know? Yep. Yeah, it is. I got the same with one pair that I used to wear. Uh, it's usually it's here, so it stops some kind of blood flow to your forehead, and that can give some numbness. And if you wear it long enough, it probably gives you a headache too. Yeah. Okay. Don't do that. What about what about fog? What like mm. how do you solve the problem of foggy goggles? Long term, not outside of the first like week. Yeah. Every time you get a fresh pair, they're great. But it seems like, you know, after a week or, or a few weeks, it's like all oh, the anti-fog's worn off. And then, you know, nobody really uses the spray. Or it's like, a good job still. Two, how do you, two how do you, weeks, three years. It's not bad still. How, yeah. how, how, how have you done that? So um, I'm not going to sit here and say that our goggles don't fog. That's right. not that. I don't think that anybody has solved that um, for real. Uh, com different companies will try different things. Uh, I know from personal experience that the I, I think ninety nine percent of all goggles are produced if they have anti fog, they're produced the same way. Um, there's something about electrical current through a, a chamber that is uh, decompressurized, and then you add a solution to it, and it sort of sticks to the surface, and it's it looks very high tech, mm -hmm. and it uh, doesn't work most of the time, and. I think uh, we have dabbled in a lot of different uh, tests to figure out the, the benefit. Uh, let me get back to it. The benefit of being a goggle company only is that um, you can focus on everything around goggles, right? We don't have to worry about fins and T-shirts and whatever other stuff that you might have if you're a much bigger company than we are. We can actually try to perfect swimming goggles. And uh, one of those 
parts that you mentioned, definitely fogging. I wish that we could make goggles that would never fog. Um, only downside is then people maybe wouldn't buy as often. <laughs> uh, if they only need one pair, yeah. it last a lifetime, right? But uh, <laughs> that's, uh, don't tell anybody. Uh, uh, no, you time, get right? different styles. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. I'm joking. So I, I think, um, uh, yeah, there's there's potential in nanotechnology um, to look into something like that. We've even tried the sticker. So imagine yeah. you put a sticker on the inside of your goggles that sort of coats the, the um, anti-fog that is there when you buy them and it sort of protects it. That lasted quite well. It lasted for a long time. I had a pair that lasted for, I would say, at least a year and without fogging. But the downside was that sort of the sticker would loosen this grip around the edges and mold could start to form inside. And that just didn't look appealing. It didn't look good. So that was also a bad solution. So it's a, it's about finding something that solves the problem of fogging without creating a new problem, right? Yeah. And that is, uh, that's an ongoing thing. <laughs> One of the things that we've talked about, um, especially recently on the show, is the 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 difficulty in swimming with real time feedback. Where in other sports, it's easier for a coach or someone who's giving feedback, a teammate, to be able to tell you, do this, change that, move this, make this incremental change but with swimming that's quite difficult you're in a different medium there's most people even though the technology exists aren't doing the headsets where the swimmer can hear the feedback so what do you think about some like uh, how do you think that there's an opportunity to to solve this problem is this something that you guys see and, and are working on or um yeah mm. uh there's the um so I think we are, we're not the highest price point goggles. There's other goggles that are more expensive and one that comes to mind is definitely the form goggles, right? They, uh, they, they do give you metrics and heads up display. Yep. And, and yep. I really applaud them for, again, trying to innovate on swimming yep. goggles, trying to innovate um, in, this, uh, in this industry. Um, I'm really happy that someone else is trying to do that too. Um, I don't see us necessarily going that route. Uh, um, and hmm, I think that first of all, our key differentiator is the fit and it, it, uh, there's so much stuff with that. You said you couldn't remember other products that are trying to customize based on say yeah. a scan or something. So mm -hmm. there's so much potential in that. Why would we try to complicate things further by putting in, um, other things that, that, uh, will require a lot more ID and a lot of, uh, sort of, um, it's difficult to maintain it and make sure that it works all the time. And um, they are way ahead of us on that curve. It's a sort of a, a form I'm talking about uh, in terms of uh, understanding what people okay. need from a heads up display. Um, now, I, I do think that there's value in it. I think that it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. The reason I bring it up is because, you know, right. like everybody is so data. Luke lives by his Apple Watch, you know, and um, I think that. Uh, and everybody lives by, you know, the info on their phone. And I think like sport has shifted to a much more scientific data driven uh, approach. And I think that's actually what's leading to a lot of the improvement in athletes from better nutrition that they know about because of, you know, of, of, of learnings, um, you know, and, and our and are approaching uh, everything in a much more scientific way. So, so I just see like, how do we, how do we incorporate, 
as, as somebody who's a leader in, in innovation with, a, like you said, a robotics company that's in the swimming space, um, with what I see in the athletics community, especially the like, endurance and or Olympic sport kind of aerobic community is uh, almost a, a reliance, an increased reliance on um, on on technology and data, and I think swimming is def is behind in that, especially in real time, right? So it's mm. it's much more about feel and heart rate, and we get out of the water and test lactate, but you know, in in the real time, you don't actually know what's happening. So um, I don't Just know. Don't I see that. Just don't put the headphone on. Don't put the microphone and speaker on where my coach can talk to me when I'm swimming. I, that, that, that exists out there, and I do not need somebody yeah. in my head when I'm swimming. Don't. Mm. But yeah. You have to be free of distractions, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One thing, though, that I, I can't I, – I think I've thought about this for quite some time. I think it was in 2018, actually. I went to uh, uh, ISPO. That's like a, a – what could you call it? A trade fair for sports industry mm. products. In Munich, it's the world's biggest uh, trade fair, and there's companies all around the world, and they show off their their newest tech. Uh, we were featured there when we started the company back then. But uh, one thing that I saw, there was a company they did um, LED screens uh, and other wearable tech. Uh, so LED screens that were wearable. Their their vision was um, that you could have like a T-shirt that had a LED on it, and then you could just change the T-shirt. And the LED was malleable. It was so thin that it was like a, you were wearing an LED screen. And they also had, they already used some of their um, transistors for, say, let's say, firefighters. When they enter a house, uh, I'll get back to swimming in a moment. But when they enter yeah, the house, right. it would measure uh, smoke, uh, heat, temperature, all that, and it would send feedback. So when when those um, transistors get so small and you can, they become so soft, uh, and become like a sheet of paper, basically. I always envisioned that you could put it, let's say, on the temple here of yeah. your goggle, and you could measure a lot of stuff there. I know that there are already yeah. people that are, uh, you know, with Polar, I think, is measuring to have that yeah. little brick that you put up here and it measures your heart rate, stuff yes. like that. I don't yeah. see why you couldn't have a lot more tech in yeah. the temple of your goggle um, in the future. Whether that be us or someone else, I don't know. But as a swimmer, I would, yeah. I could see a lot more valuable information being um, being captured that way. Um, yeah, and our buddy John, who cannot swim without music, and so he, he has the, the the bone conduction always on when he's swimming. I feel like there's opportunity there as well. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, bringing innovation within swimming and equipment um, and, and sport beyond is uh, <clears throat> certainly, uh, certainly huge, and I think um, it may be unfair to say that that other companies aren't bringing innovation, but I think in, in, in a lot of ways, sport is is resistant to uh, accepting technology innovation, especially if it is perceived to en enhance performance. But if it's if it's um in an unfair way, right? But you know you're trying to to walk that line of making uh, a more enjoyable experience. Um, while also for sure making it faster. I did want to ask about the, the five, the five and the 5%, the 5% edge. Where does that number come from? Mm, great. Uh, so um, I think that it's, it's a, it's a name that, uh, that we had to come up with that was 
it couldn't just be swimming because as i said earlier on we thought about it couldn't be swimming related it had to be something else because one day we don't want to make we still want to make swimming goggles but we want to make something else that is not swimming goggles Mm -hmm. so it has to be a name that doesn't only fit with water and we came up with the magic five because we want to take products that are already a concept we don't want to come out and create a new wheel uh, or like come up re- reinventing the wheel that's not what we want to do we want to take a product like swimming goggles everyone knows what a swimming goggle is how to use it um and the problem is the fit that's how we identified um there's a problem with the fit and we can sort of keep most of the goggle intact like we don't have to deconstruct it completely to create a much better experience so the magic five is basically keeping 95 percent of the product uh, the same as it was before we came to to the market and then playing around with five percent of it to create the whole difference the magic five percent that's uh that's sort of the idea so we take five percent of the swimming goggle that is the part that touches your face or whatever how you want to define the five percent it's also marketing but uh, but that's really the idea and we could go out with other products identify okay here we just have to change some small parts of it and play around with this and this we're not by the way uh, when you order the goggle we're not customizing the whole goggle that would be very costly then it would cost a lot more than the 60 bucks that it's cost right now mm-hmm. um the, the main parts we're customizing is the gasket as i said and then the nose piece we identify that if we just customize those two areas it makes a huge difference for people we don't need to customize the elastic right that's, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't add any added value, or at least it's a very small incremental value that it adds, I guess, by adjusting the elastic. Uh, we don't have to adjust the temple. That's fine to keep that the same size. Um, now that we have enough data, maybe we want to dive into uh, changing the size of the lens um, a little bit and having different options uh, for people, depending on the size of the face, will allow us to target uh, kids swimming as well, or uh, people just with very small narrow faces or stuff like that um but um yeah as i said it's about a very long-winded way to explain the name um but uh yeah five percent that makes the difference i could see how you could apply to other sports too though uh, we had a guest on Arthur bolden uh olympic sprinter um and oakley designed goggles that the strap came over and you know and, and came like this to him they're quite innovative and he, and he he ran of them and he's one of his first track athletes to race with sunglasses that were custom to his head and fitted. So I can see how perhaps you could you could do custom visors for for speed skaters, for um, mm-hmm. you know track guys, for stuff that would be fit well, elegant, and people would use it for sure. You know, mm-hmm. or triathlon. Yeah, you guys anybody, all run with sunglasses, yeah. So anybody listening that has a cute idea, cool idea from a different sport, something we're all very into sports. So if we stay in the realm of sport, we're very keen to, to export further. Uh, it also has to come from a personal drive that it's a product that you find interesting. Uh, if someone told me that, Hey, there's a lot of money to be, to be, to get over here from customizing this product. First we all, we have to agree how much, how much money, how much money are we talking about? <laughs> yeah. that, it, it has to come from a, from a personal sort of yes. interest in the product. Otherwise it won't yeah. be fun to, to pursue it. Um, but maybe that's an excuse to pick up speed skating, like you said, or. Yeah. It's my favorite Olympic sport. I've always wanted to do it and they didn't cover it enough in the U S in this last Olympics. So why haven't you tried it? Uh, access. I don't even know where to 
where to go to get a actually i've been in colorado now lately so uh maybe there's an opportunity there i bet there is for sure so i should mm. go check it out yeah um well i think uh i think what you're doing is is really good for the sport and you're coming at it from a different angle which i think is not only bringing a positive benefit to the athletes um by by way of you know a new way of thinking and a great product but also it's challenging the other players in the space to think about how they could further their technology and i think that's what the sport really needs is you know innovation on all fronts we're trying we're we're trying to do that in terms of getting messaging out about mm -hmm you know, athletes and people like yourself, as well as, you know, some other friends of ours who are doing uh, this in a similar space. So thanks. Uh, and I, I couldn't agree more with you about the, uh, you know, my heart breaks for uh, athletes who finish the sport and walk away and never touch a pool mm. and never connected to swimming anymore because we build up such a strong uh, wealth of knowledge. And so uh, I celebrate you for, you know, continuing to be a part of the sport and finding a career in it and in a path that maybe you didn't imagine to begin with. So, um, you know, keep it up and uh, thanks for chatting with us and sharing about your company. Thank you so much, Brian. It was great to, to be on and talk with you guys. Um, I wish you all the best and yeah, can't wait to listen more to your, to your podcast here. Likewise. All right. Thanks, Nicholas. And that's it for this episode of Social Kick. We'll see you later. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you're enjoying Social Kick, tell your friends about it, and be sure to tell us what you liked by leaving a comment, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Social Kick, and you can find all of our content on our website.